Hey, welcome to Doing Life with Ken and Tabitha. We are so pumped that you're tuning into this podcast. It has been designed for people just like you. We want to do life with you, share our wins, our defeats, our ups and our downs in hopes that you'll grow closer to God and to the people that you love in your life. Sit back and enjoy today's podcast. But before I get there, I wanted to take a moment just to invite our audience out to a live conference. And so every year in October, the second week in October, we have a special conference that we call a live conference. Mm -hmm. And this is what we say, that these three days could change the next 30 years of your life. Our goal is to try to give people at least four times Mm. the amount that they invested in a ticket. We're going to have seven main sessions this year, six master classes, three after parties, but one encounter with God. Mm. And I believe that one encounter with God is what it's all about. It's so good. AC 23. Mm -hmm. You know, there are certain things that we do every year, like as believers, like Mm -hmm. um, I fast, I I do like major fasts a couple times a year. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, sometimes there's certain books of the Bible I'll study, you know, there's a word of the year, but then something else that we do every year, and that is a conference. AC 23 is that conference. It's that encounter, like you're saying, Mm -hmm. where you just like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, all day, every day, you are like enveloped in the presence of God, just daring to go beyond your own personal boundaries. It is amazing. And we're going to be doing a special session on marriage there. It's Mm -hmm. going to be Ken and Tabitha. um, I think we're calling it um, unfiltered. Ooh. And so you really, come. what is that like? Well, uh, you got to come. We're already unfiltered. If, if you're interested with getting more information about our conference, check out the website, mylifechurch.org. And, um, you can also check it out in the show notes. I think there's a link to that as well. You got to get your tickets now because it is going to be a sold out event. Hello, everybody. Hey, everyone. We are here for another episode of Doing Life with Ken and Tabitha. We are so pumped that you're here. Before we came on air, we were having a great conversation about how beautiful my wife looks today. And she has brought her curly hair. Yes, the back curls out. are out. How do you feel about that? I feel good. Yeah? Yep. Why do you feel good? I- I like my curlies. I like my curly hair. <laughs> Sometimes you don't think deeper as I'm trying to lead you into a deep conversation. You lost all your hair through a cancer battle uh, and you feel good now because your hair is finally I'm over long that. enough for okay. it to be curly again after all these years. She loves curly hair and uh, it just hasn't been long enough for it to be curly. And it is back. Well, it's been long enough to be curly. Uh-huh. I just like my hair longer. I'm usually I've had long hair my entire life. Yeah. And so honestly, it's just still an adjustment for me to have short hair. So if I leave my hair curly, it like curls up like really short. Uh-huh. But if I flat iron it and make it straight, I, I get a little length with it. And then I don't know. It's just like <laughs> She's hilarious. It feels longer. From not enough information to too much. There you go. Well, welcome everybody to our show today. Um, We're going to do another bonus episode because I know you guys love this um, called um, Ask Ken and Tabitha. And so some of your questions have been submitted. And if you have questions, please email them right now. Questions about anything, life, Bible, um, death, spiritual things, prophecy, marriage, relationship, finance, whatever. We'll try our best to get to your questions. And we love to answer people's questions because this is just real life stuff where people are. And so this whole episode today is dedicated to that. Simply us answering the questions that have have come in. All right. Are you ready for this? Let's go. Drum roll. There it is. Let's go. All right. Um, We are trying to get out of debt and I want to keep tithing and trusting God, but my spouse does not. What should I do? Yikes. 
Um, I don't know. I don't know what I would do. Uh, I think you have to, I would probably, if you didn't want to, wouldn't do it. Um, but I don't know. I'm I can't go, answer I'm that question. I'm going to let you read the questions. I'm going to turn these questions around, okay? Yeah, let right me here. read the questions. I'm going to let you read the question, okay? Go ahead. Let's start off with this question okay. again. Lord have mercy. <laughs> we are trying to get out of debt. Yes. I want to keep tithing and yes. trust God. Yes. But my spouse does not. What should I get do? Get a new spouse. No, I'm just playing. Um I think you just have to have a conversation. So if that person is not saved, uh-huh. you're not going to get an unsaved person to live saved. So what the Bible says is don't be unequally yoked together yep. with unbelievers. So the hope is, is if you're not married, wait on somebody who's saved to get married. If you're already married to somebody who's not saved, all you can do is have a conversation and ask them for permission. I'm a Christian and I would like to give 10% to God based upon what his word says. That person might come back and say no. And then you can ask the question, um, can we get an agreement that I can do it off the side of money that I make or the income that I come in? Mm-hmm. Most of the time you're not married to a buffoon and they will say, well, you can do whatever you want to do with your money, right. which I don't really believe like in his money, her money. Right. But in this context, right, it's not a perfect context because you're already married to somebody who's not saved. And so now if that person is saved, though, they believe in Jesus, but they don't believe in church. They believe in Jesus, but they don't believe in tithing. They believe in Jesus. You know, you are married to a baby Christian, a carnal Christian or somebody who's just straight up fleshy. And the question is, how can you win them just like anybody else? How can you help them mature? So the hope is to help them get into the word. And as they mature Um, Get them to submit all of their life, including their finances to God. But you might have a similar question. Okay, sweetheart, this is what I believe the word says. Well, I don't want to do that. So, okay, Um, is it okay if I do it off the portion that I make? And if they say, no, I'm not in agreement with that. um, Well, then, oh, I don't know your next step then. If they say they're not in agreement with you tithing off of the money that you bring in, um, I don't know if I would do it anyway because I'm looking for agreement. But then again, I don't know if I would not because I want to obey God. What you got to say about it? I kind of feel the same way you do. Um, personally, like I put myself in that situation. I would probably, even if he said no, give whatever I could give and really put my faith out there. Like, Lord, I um, am believing God for my husband to be able to be obedient to every aspect of your word. Um, That's just me personally. Percent of the time, you're not married to a complete idiot. You're not married to a bozo. And the person will probably say, oh, yeah, well, whatever you want to do, you go ahead and do that with your conviction. Yeah. If you're married to a bozo and they're like, no, I don't believe in this organized religion. The people just want your money, so forth, so on. First off, I'll be like, Bubba. Publix wants your money. The grocery store wants your money. Mm-hmm. Every university wants your mm-hmm. money. Yes, they they receive the money at the church to do a lot of good. But I mean, you're married to a bozo at that point. And First Peter says that by your lifestyle, you can win your spouse. Mm-hmm. So I'd have to go there. And I think that each is own. God would give you wisdom of what to do to help win them. Yeah. So if you giving to um, that way will actually push them further the way the grace of God now kicks in. I believe in doing whatever God says to do, but it has to be applied in great wisdom. So we're answering the question, but not answering it. 
I know. Great wisdom. Yeah. Yeah. Every situation is different. Yeah. Okay. All right. We're going to let you go to the next. Let's do another question. Um, We're trying to get pregnant Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. we have been trying for a long time, but it is not happening. Do you have any advice? Okay. I see what the challenge was. It's harder to hear the question and respond than to read it and respond. So, okay. Note to self. All right. Read the question one more time. Okay. We are trying to get pregnant Uh and we've been trying for a long time, but it's not happening. Uh Do you have any advice? Um. Well, faith without works is dead. Mm -hmm. So you have to do everything you can do in the natural. Mm -hmm. So you need to go to doctors. You need to get checked out. They need to find out, okay, is there a problem with your husband or is there a problem with you when it comes to conceiving? If you find a problem, see if there's anything naturally that they can do to help. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about whatever is out there that can help you conceive, check it out. Now, we have a lot of couples that are going through different things and conceiving by like almost like a miracle. Now, if you go and it's like, okay, they don't find anything or maybe they find something, but what they give you is not working. Then you switch it over to where it is just a thing of trusting God. Mm -hmm. And the Bible gives us a promise. It says that the fruit of the womb is his reward. Matter of fact, the Genesis command is to be fruitful and multiply. Yes. So it's something that God, that is a promise of God. And we understand there is a fight for every promise of God, just like the promise of healing, just like the promise of a a relative being saved. And so I can't be like, I can't make it happen in my time and in my way, but I think we can posture ourselves to believe what God has said. That's just what jumps out to me. Yeah, definitely. I would apply it. um, Anytime there's something that I'm believing God for, I research, I search the scriptures. I look up everything that the Bible says about the particular topic. So for example, when I was fighting cancer, I looked up everything on healing and all of the promises of God on healing. And I meditated on it day and night. I listened to messages about healing. I, um, did prayers and quoted scriptures and everything. We always recommend when they're having, um, they've had miscarriages or they're having a problem conceiving is a book by Jackie Mize, Google supernatural mm-hmm. childbirth by mm-hmm. Jackie Mize. Mm-hmm. And just is a book that take the meat, leave the bones. Yes. Because there were some things that we tried to do from the book and it didn't work out exactly the way it did. Yeah. We wanted it to for us, but I've given this book to many people and many people, I'm talking about many people have gotten significant breakthroughs because the Bible, just it, this book just builds your faith mm-hmm. for God to be God in the situation. Yes, and I would definitely say in that book, take the meat and leave the bones, because some people, you know, they hear the the word of faith and um, things don't work out the way they should, and then it's you know a bad thing. So I don't know. I, you could say that about any book, but yeah, um, it's I mean, testimony. The testimonies are true. I, I don't want to give too much disclaimer on that, though. I've seen <laughs> the reason that we're giving a lot of disclaimers because you had an experience. Mm-hmm. So Tabitha was believing God to have a supernatural childbirth. That is the yes. name of the book. And yes. there was testimonies in the book about women who would um, go through pregnancy and have an easy pregnancy and go through delivery and need no medication, no epidural, and just pop out pops the baby and believe God. Well, she says, well, God's done it for them. I'm going to believe for the same. She went into pregnancy I mean, she had so much pain. She throwing up green stuff through labor. We had a 24-hour labor. And now when I talk about the book, there's a level of like, well, take the meat, leave the bones. But I've given this same book oh, to Lord. women around the nation. Okay. And they have walked through supernatural childbirth okay. with no pain. And it probably makes you you're feel right. like, uh-huh. You're right. And you're, you're right. <laughs> uh-huh. Because there are people like, I know people who have had 
they had no pain. Uh-huh. And I'm like, are you serious? What is going, you know, are you yeah. So I've had people have multiple miscarriages and I give them the book and then they have baby after baby, like yeah. three or four babies. Yeah. Because it, it just, <laughs> it says the word. It does. It, it, it just, and so, um, I'm why would I you. say that? I'm, yeah. I'm challenging why would I say you that? that's I what think, happens to believers. Right. We have an experience that goes against what we were believing mm-hmm. from. Mm-hmm. And that experience sometimes marks us more than the principles of the word. Mm-hmm. And I understand because then there's a hesitancy to say, okay, yeah, do that. But look at this. And I believe that through those experiences, we grow wise, but we can't grow into doubt and unbelief. So you're right to give a disclaimer, but don't give too much of a one. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. Let's Yikes. move on from that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, but anyway, but but that person, let me make sure we answered it because it says, do you have any advice? Don't yeah. give up. Yeah. That would be my advice. Don't give up. Don't get down. No matter how long it takes. I'm 10. We've seen people wait 10 years and then have a baby. Mm-hmm. I've seen what the doctor has said was impossible. Um, yeah. There's a pastor and he would tell you a testimony, Ben Pierce down at Jupiter um, in, in Florida has a church there. And I gave them this book. Jackie Miles, they ha- couldn't have a baby for a long time. Now he has two, I believe. And I've seen it. I-, I can give you name after name. I'm telling you, there's a guy in a hotel that we go to in Jacksonville was having the same thing. I gave him this book. Him. He wasn't even in church. Yeah. He was my bellman. And I said, you've got to get this book. Next time I went back to the hotel, they had a baby. Wow. It was, it's crazy, but well, I wouldn't what, give up. It's what worked for us Yeah, because we went out, you know, um, mm-hmm. I was on birth control, mm-hmm. you know, we did, you know, all of those things. And then we said, okay, let's stop the birth control. Let's try to have a baby. And we tried to have it one month. We didn't have a baby. Try to have another month. We didn't have a baby. And we said, oh snap, what's going on? Why are we not? And I came across this book. It was actually me. Yeah. And you and found I the sat book. there and one day I was like, this book is so great and gave it to you. Mm-hmm. And you are, let's go. And then God smacked in the face. But uh, we have three healthy, beautiful children. Absolutely. And so the principles did work for us. Just not to the place. But I would also tell that person, listen, God is a God of adoption too. Absolutely. And sometimes when we have tried and tried, or even maybe that's not the case, don't feel like adoption is not a possibility. Mm -hmm. There are so many babies and young kids and even teenagers out there that don't have a home that actually would love to be a part of your family. Absolutely. And I think that sometimes we should even maybe consider that as well. Not that that's against what you're believing for, mm-hmm. but um, consider. What's the that's next good. question? All right. <clears throat> Ooh, love your podcast, exclamation point. My question is, how can I revive my marriage and sex life after infidelity? We have prayed, sought out marriage counseling. We have talked about it, et cetera. But I still am finding myself holding back sexually and not being as vulnerable and open. Now, that question seems like it's from a woman. Mm -hmm. So hopefully you can kind of the thing that Mm -hmm. jumps out to me of that question is that trust has been broken. Yeah. And so um, the reason that it's hard for this person to be open again and vulnerable again is because trust has been violated. Mm -hmm. And so for me, there's one thing to forgive and I can forgive you, but that don't mean I trust you. Yeah. Forgive you. Forgiving is like I release you from owing me anything. Mm-hmm. You don't owe me no more apologies. You don't have to buy me a car. I forgive you. You're off the hook. But that doesn't mean that I want to be vulnerable and like tra- like 
open again. But in the marriage context, I think it's going to be so important because you decided to stay in the marriage and you have to believe that God's going to give you the grace to move, not a partial testimony, but all of the way Mm -hmm. open to where your sex life is healthy again. Mm -hmm. Because if not, it can actually produce more problems in the future. So you want to be able to say, I've forgiven, but I've also built trust to where I trust God so much that I'm back to the place of how I used to be before the infidelity happened. And that's possible. And and I want to add that, you know, here's things to consider that trust trusts like it's never been betrayed before. Is that what you mean? Um, I was going to say, okay. and love loves mm-hmm. like it's never been betrayed before. Mm. And so at one point, if you want your marriage to be completely restored, even to the sex life that you once had, you're going to have to just trust like you've never been betrayed and to love, you know, like you've never been betrayed before. And that's hard. It's super, super hard. But with God, it is possible for with God, all things are possible. And so I would say as a person who I've thank God, I've never been in that situation where you've broken my trust, but I have been in the situation where I have had to overcome sexual trauma. So I was sexually abused as, um, in, in my youth. And, um, when we got married, it was very hard for me to have an open, intimate sex life because I had been abused in that way. And so at one point in that trauma, I had to say, you know what? I have to be vulnerable. I have to allow myself to be open before my husband even though it hurts, even though I feel all kinds of crazy, even though there's all kinds of red flags going up in on all around me right now in my head everywhere. I have to take the next step if I want the intimate relationship with my husband that I know I deserve and should have. And so um, I would just share. And how did you work through that emotion, though? Mm-hmm. Because that's what it is. Mm-hmm. It's um, So what I see in this is a person that wants to protect themselves. Yeah. Which is natural and it is normal, but it doesn't mean that it's healthy long term. So you're going to have to move from the place where I'm trusting myself to where I'm willing to trust God Mm -hmm. because it's not that I'm going to move from trusting myself to trusting my husband. I think trusting your husband is going to be a part of it, but ultimately you're going to have to trust God. You're going to have to trust God enough in this relationship to allow yourself to be open again. So I think for me, that would be the emotion that you have to move from self-protection to know God got me. God got me and I'm not no fool because I've allowed, you know, because the devil can almost make you feel foolish. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, you could have left this guy. You have a biblical out, but you stayed. Look at you. No, look at you being more like Jesus and loving the unlovely, Mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know. I applaud it. I'll say one more thing is that how I was able to work through those emotions. And this is weird, but it's kind of like, you know, the saying, do it scared. You do it anyway. Uh, Open up. Hey, husband, this is how I'm feeling because of our past, but I'm going to override the feeling. It's not easier, but I believe it's going to get easier and easier and easier. And you overcome by repetition over and over and over again until it is exactly the way you want it to be. I just feel like I need to speak this word over somebody. And that's why fidelity is so important. Mm -hmm. And that's why faithfulness is so important. Mm -hmm. And that's why honoring your covenant is so important. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to crap on the people that's made mistakes, but I'm saying that for real though, it is not worth it. It is not worth me running out for some cheap booty or a little one night stand or little whatever you want to call it. It is not worth me destroying 23 years of trust and relationship. And now I got to try to win you back. 
Um, and I don't know what happens in the short circuit of us that will open certain doors. And I know it doesn't feel like a big deal, but you got to guard your house. And we got to do a really good job of not letting the outside in. Amen. You know, and I, I don't know. I feel like that's a whole segment on what do you have to do to like adultery proof your marriage and, you know, create boundaries around each other because it's so important. Mm-hmm. Um but, you know, with God, all things are possible. Okay. Well, let's go to another quick question because I could definitely add on to that, but I'm not going to. All right. My child just came out, quote unquote. What should I do? I do not want to push them away, but also I want to make sure they are doing the right thing. I, it seems as if I cannot control their feelings. I am extremely lost. Please help. It seems as though I cannot control their feelings. I am extremely lost. Please help. Okay. This one is unfortunate, but probably growing more and more in popularity because this is the the plan of the enemy for the age that we live in Mm -hmm. to cause people to be confused in their sexuality and almost as if they were confused before, but now they're clear clear that this is who I really am. Mm -hmm. And they don't realize that who they really are can only be found in their creator. Mm -hmm. The creator is the only one that has the... Mm -hmm. Authority to tell the created how they've been created to function. Yes. But the question is written from a parenting standpoint. What should I do? What should I do? I would just, um, as we were raising our kids in any other thing, mm-hmm. whenever they sinned, mm-hmm. whenever they did something that disappointed me that I didn't believe in, I would make sure that I set let my child know mm-hmm. that my love for them mm-hmm. is separate than my opinion about mm-hmm. what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And so I would let my child know point blank, I do not believe in coming out. I do not believe in whatever it is that that you're saying because of this, because of the Bible. This is what I believe. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't change my love for you, number one. That's the number one thing I want to say So I to think you. the principle is, I love you, but I don't agree with you. Yes. I love you. And I think we need to coin that. I love you, but I don't agree yes. with you. Yes. Because we live in a day and time where people are making it like, if you don't agree with me, that means you don't love me. Right. No, that doesn't mean that. Right. It means that I love you, but I don't agree with yes. you. Yes. I love you, mm-hmm. but I don't agree with you. I love you. I'm not going to laugh at you. I'm not going to re- ridicule you. I'm not going to say that you're stupid and you're an idiot. I'm not going to say, like, degrade you or downplay you. No, that's not, that's not what I do. Mm-hmm. I love you and I respect you. Mm-hmm but I disagree with you. Okay. I mean, there's a few things that come to my mind. Um, number one, I feel like this is about this child's relationship with Jesus, mm-hmm. whether it has been tainted, it's non-existent, or it's not as strong as it's supposed to be. So I really feel like we need to get our children strong in their faith mm-hmm. so that they can discern properly and have a disdain towards sin. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know where this this person who's come out, I don't know where they are in their walk with Jesus, but it might be good advice to start there. Instead of attacking the sin, just talk about where's your heart with God? Yeah. How much do you spend in his word? How much time do you spend in worship? Mm-hmm. How much time do you spend in church? Are you in a small group? And just really help them grow in their relationship with God. Because what I do believe is that the Holy Spirit will convict people more than we ever can. Mm. The Holy Spirit will lead people, whether it be five Absolutely. years away or 15 years away. I'm seeing so many people who were in involved in that lifestyle now coming home, not because anybody said anything, God spoke to them. Mm-hmm. I have people that are like, well, no, I was reading the Bible and God said this to me, or I was just in prayer and the Lord spoke this to me, or I was doing what was wrong and I heard a voice say, you right. need to get out of there. Right. And so 
Um, I think we can go back to the foundations of where is the relationship with God. Absolutely. Now, if I sit down with a young person and I say, tell me, are you saved? And they say, no. Well, I'm going to lead them to Jesus. I ain't got nothing to do with their sin or their lifestyle. Now, after I get them really saved, they believe that Jesus is the Lord of their life. I'll ask them, are you willing to live how God's called you to live? And if their answer is no, I would say, well, that's not really what being saved is. Um, being saved is when you give up your life for the life that God has for you. It doesn't mean you're going to be perfect, but it does mean that you've really repented. You've turned your back on the world sin mm -hmm. and turned your face towards God. And I would make sure they understand salvation. Now, hopefully through that conversation, they're going to leave out saved. I want to live for God, which means that now I'm going to stand up against sexual immorality, mm -hmm. even if I struggle in it. Yeah. And I think that's the challenge that we have right now because people don't want to be okay that it's, you're struggling. It's okay that you're struggling. Like I'm struggling right now in my temptation with other women or my temptation towards competition or my temptation towards anger or discouragement just because I struggle don't mean I'll fall. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes we paint Christianity like it needs to be this clear, perfect thing. Mm -hmm. No, if you come out of a homosexual lifestyle, you're probably going to struggle for the next 20 to 30 years, but that doesn't mean his grace is not sufficient and that you ever have to go back and you ever have to fall. Mm -hmm. And so I think um, the, our current society right now is trying to throw a lifeline to people struggling. You know what? Let the struggle be over. You know what? You can just come out and now you don't have to struggle and everybody just knows where you are. Or, but the problem with that is that the laws of God are still written on your heart. Yes. And there are a lot of people who have come out and they are so loud and so obnoxious of how out they are because they're hurting on the inside. Mm -hmm. And it's not that they're being persecuted. They're not depressed really because because all of their surroundings is that community. One struggle goes away, but you got but ten you, now you got a, now you got another struggle. So the struggle of what people thought went away, but the struggle mm -hmm. of what God thought that yep. he put in your heart, that he put in your spirit, you cannot run away from. Yep. You cannot change your sex away from it. You can't do anything. You have, there's a hole in every person's soul that only Jesus can feel. And so my hope is to kind of walk this young person through that progression to where they understand what it means to live holy, mm -hmm. where they understand what it means to die to self, what they understand, what it means that there it's your salvation needs to be a funeral and also a birthing and that it's okay that you will be tempted, that you will struggle, but with all temptation, he makes a way of escape. And if they can agree that, okay, this is my temptation, but I don't want it, but I'm struggling. I, I, my flesh wants it, but I don't want it. What can you do? Then we can talk about counseling. Then we can talk about accountability. Then we can talk about renewing mind. Then we can talk about casting devils out. Mm -hmm. Then we can talk about deliverance and all these other things so that we can live as a victorious Christian. But I think, so the parent now has to go in and do this whole thing of like, okay, where can I start? And where and now if you have a kid that's like, I'm out and I don't care what you think, I don't want nothing to do with your Jesus, well then you gotta go to prayer. Mm -hmm. There's nothing you can do other than right. go to prayer right. and try to still love them even though I don't agree with you. So it goes back to what you said. And I hope this ain't too much, but uh, I'm just letting it flow. I didn't expect the question, but it's just flowing. Like then you gotta go back and then say, um, okay, I love, the Bible says this, and as a believer, which you need to be, it says this, I don't agree with you, but I still love you. Yeah. And because I still love you, I'm going to love you when I see you. I'm going to treat you as my daughter. I'm going to treat you as my son. 
and this is going to be hard, but I'm still going to love you. And you're going to exemplify that out to them, that love out to them. And sometimes it might mean love from a distance. They're going to make stuff real crazy for you, depending upon, you know what I'm saying? But, and God's going to show you how to love them. And as you love them and as you sow seeds of their potential, and as you pray for them, the hope is at some place they'll come out of their pig pen and say, I need to go back home to my father. Yeah. Amen. That's good. You have nothing else to add. I, I kind of killed I, that yeah, one. You kind of <laughs> killed that. Killed it. It's dead. It's yeah, done. It's dead. I, I, I might add um, just, uh, you know, allowing out. It doesn't say how old this child is, but they could be 13, 14. Well, they in my be. heart, I was thinking 12 or 13. Yeah. I was thinking I was talk, I'll talk, um, yeah, and, addressing a 12 and I know personally, year. you know, for <laughs> us, like, you know, you're not even allowed to date it. 12, you know, you're not even dating. Like, you know, you don't have boyfriend, girlfriend at this age. And so you have time to submerge them into a church. Like make sure that they're going to the ch- a church, make sure that they're going to a youth group where they are around kids who are believing the Bible and talking about the Bible, like submerge your life and your lifestyles into the Bible so that I don't know. You just create healthy relationships. Give them other options other than the obvious ones that they already have. So much to talk about on that. So yeah. much to talk about, okay. but we'll move okay. on. Okay. Ooh, do vibrators have a place in the bedroom? <laughs> just, <laughs> what do you say? Ooh. I usually <laughs> don't what she say, say that she word vibrator. <laughs> I usually don't say that word because, you know, I'm not a cusser and I don't cuss, but certain words that I don't like, I just don't say vibrator them. Vibrator is so not a word. Not really I, I want to hear you say it. Say I vibrator. Like. I don't, I'm not saying say it anymore. It five I times already said it. Can. Nope, it's done. Vibrator. Vibrator. So do, um, yeah, do they have a place in the bedroom? Well, I mean, all we can do is keep it real with the questions. I don't have a personal problem with a vibrator. Yeah. Um, I, th- I do have a personal problem with a dildo, but I don't have a personal problem with a vibrator. Um, that, that's probably not a word. Will you say dildo? Not, no, I will not she say that word. I say that word. Um, but I don't have a problem with a vibrator. Years ago, we used to use a vibrator. Um, which kind of mm-hmm. just is like almost like a massager. Yeah. Um, just vibrating, which creates a um, um, create stimulation. Um, so we don't personally have a problem mm-hmm. with that. Um, matter of fact, for some people, it would be a great aid to use. I feel like we have to break it down a little bit, though. Okay, so um, you know, so you know, we used a vibrator back in the day because um, for like. A woman has a clitoris uh-huh. and she can climax if that is stimulated. Break it down right? If you want to. Okay, because people don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, and so I thought like I didn't climax for years of our first in our marriage because I didn't think that I could. I Not thought that, you know, that oh my all. gosh, there's, you know, no way. But I mean, I enjoyed our sex life. I thought it was great, but I just didn't know what a climax was. And when I found out, I was blown away, right? Uh-huh. And so anyway, we found out through counselors that showed us like male body part, female anatomy. body part, broke it what down. What we're talking about right now is anatomy. So when it comes to a woman orgasm, there's a G spot and a clitoris. Mm-hmm. And so the most common um, female orgasm would be clitoris. Yes. We did not understand that. So right. in steps, vibrator. Go ahead. So in mm-hmm. regular like sex, with yeah. regular intercourse, the clitoris usually is not stimulated. Mm-hmm. And so the vibrator, you can use, you know, your hand, a finger, you know, whatever to stimulate that. Mm-hmm. But a vibrator can, you know, do that as well. And it can, you know, just aid in it. And it's, and it's great. So we used a vibrator for that reason. This is for married people uh-huh. and married people. Sex is not ungodly. It's holy. Mm-hmm. I mean, God knows if they've been following our podcast, they know we talk about yeah, sex yeah, all yeah, the yeah. time. So anyway, enough of the disclaimer. Go ahead. Um, okay. And so 
So now to the question, Mm -hmm. whether it has a place in the bedroom. I mean, if you want it to. Here's the deal. I feel like people like to put their convictions on other people when it comes to the bedroom. Yeah. And I don't think that that's right. Yeah. In the church world, I think so many people are not having good sex because it's almost they feel like, well, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I can do this. And there are some things that we wouldn't do. Mm -hmm. There are some things that I feel like, oh, that's probably not healthy. It's probably not fruitful, so forth and so Mm -hmm. on. But I kind of almost want church people to lean a little bit towards liberty and freedom Mm -hmm. and enjoying one another. And it seems like they they lean a lot towards when I was in the world, I was having sex with everybody doing everything. Now that I got saved, I barely touched my spouse. And it's like I want to kind of do some self-correction of that. So I I, I mean this like Mm -hmm. to us. And when I say to us, that means that this is our conviction. We feel okay with a vibrator, even though we haven't used one in what? How long would you say since we've used a vibrator? Uh, How long have we been married? 23 years, maybe 20 20 years? I was going to say think five. Think about it. But if I really think about it, <laughs> I just can't even remember the last time. You know, all the years kind of come well, together. This was, before, this was before Hannah. She's 17 uh-huh. years old. Uh-huh. So it's way before then. Right. This is like early in our but marriage. here's the thing, that your your fingers and your hand, it can do. Yeah, well, that's why vibrator. we don't use a that's vibrator because no we don't need vibrator. it now. But vibrators are a lot easier for, for the man. Just here, put this on. Okay, praise God. <laughs> TMI. We need to okay, get the vibrator back out. No, it's not. It's really not. We need um, to get that back out. I've seen it. Yeah, um, but I think that, yeah, so. Yeah. And I'm a big fan of, you. we all have the Holy Spirit. You know, if you're a believer, you have the Holy Spirit inside. You know, you have God is inside wrong. of you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If it feels wrong, don't do it. You know, if you know that it's wrong, don't do it. Yeah. Um, and if it's right, just well, in marriage, you have to do both people feel okay uh-huh. with it. You feel uh-huh. okay with you it. You feel liberated it. in it. Why not? Talk about it. Is this sinful? If yeah. it is a sin, okay, well, we're not going to do it. something about it, well, then don't do it. Right. It's okay. Right. Okay. Enough of that. All right. Here, All let's right. let's do a couple more. Okay. Okay. There. <clears throat> my husband is not focusing on my needs. He only wants to have sex, Talk but uh-huh. he is not seeing how I feel mentally and physically. After uh-huh. our second child, my libido has become low. Oh, low. does not seem, and he does not seem to care. <clears throat> we just continue to argue. Am I supposed to give him what he wants? I think we should title this woman from Seattle with low libido. Ah. <laughs> No, I mean, uh, I want to say, woman, you are not alone. Every wife goes through this. I thought you was going to say, woman, you need to give your man some. No, I mean, and I'll say that too. Woman, give him what he wants. No, okay. No, no start but with the woman. You're not alone. Woman, you're not alone. Uh-huh. So like, yeah, I understand. This is really real. Women are tired. Women, you know, we get frustrated, especially we have babies. We have periods, menstrual cycles. We go through menopause. It's yeah. like really taxing on us emotionally and physically. So yes, I understand. Um, I think the best thing is for you to communicate as best you can with your husband Mm -hmm. and being a wife and a mother. Mm -hmm. Here are some things that I have done um, to kind of, Get over that, right? Mm-hmm. To deal with it, because I still want a sex life. I, mean, you, I, I know you still want a sex life. You still want to be intimate. And not with your just husband. a sex life. You want a good sex life. Yeah, a good sex one. life that you look forward to. Yeah, and that happens with intentionality. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, one of the things I find out is that I'm exhausted at the end of the day, and so even after having kids and things like that, I kind of took the 
we went from like having to have sex at night uh, with the candles and the music and me having on a negligee and me feeling perfumed up and having my hair and makeup done and everything to like, look, I don't have time for that because I'm exhausted. So look, the baby's taking a nap right now. Let's go into the bedroom. My hair is crazy. And, you know, but, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I'm clean and everything, but let's have fun. Let's throw all this other stuff out the window and let's just enjoy each other in the moment. So I've done things like that. Sex doesn't have to be at night. It can be anytime you want it to be. And it doesn't have to be the perfect scenario. Just get in there and have some fun. Mm-hmm. Um, the person says, my husband's not meeting my needs. That's a family meeting. Mm-hmm. So you need to sit down and communication is what's leading to the bedroom. And you all have to really talk about his needs, her needs. Mm. He will tell you that he needs more frequency and you need to tell him what your needs are. And then you need to have this communication to where he can begin to meet your needs. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming that these are probably emotional needs. Yeah. And I think that if he meets some of those needs, you might be willing to give it up a little bit more. Um, It says that he only wants to have sex, but he's not seeing how I feel mentally and physically. Um, Marriage is a death to self. And so what I'm hearing in this is that you are focused on you. Now, help me if I'm wrong, because this is from a woman. So balance me out. But that's the thing. If you want a great marriage and great sex, you have to focus on your husband more than you. Mm -hmm. And he has to focus on you more Mm -hmm. than him. And that's the only place where marriages really strive, Mm -hmm. where there is selflessness more than selfishness. Mm -hmm. So you are saying, well, I'm tired, my libido, I have babies, I'm just that, ah, 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 ah. And until you cross over to you, 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 Mm -hmm. you. So your thing should be, anytime you want it, baby, come get it. Anytime I'm here for you, I want to serve you, you need needs today. And he should be like, baby, are you tired today? Are you sure it's okay yes. today? What can I do for you? Um, did you have a hard day? Can I help with the kids? Do you need me to pick up a vacuum? Great marriages are birthed out of selflessness more than selfishness. And I, I mm-hmm. will say, and yeah, there is the balance mm-hmm. because the last thing you want to hear mm-hmm. at the end of the day or any time, whenever you feel so exhausted as a, as a wife and a mother, you pour out everything to your kids. I mean, your breast milk, mm-hmm. you know, like you pour, you give everything. Yeah, and you. then at the end of the day, like the husband's just like, well, we haven't had sex for a week. We, you know, and, and it's like, yeah, it's like taking a knife and like, just punch me in the face. <laughs> like, just, yeah, it, it can be so emotional draining where you feel emotionally, you don't have anything else to give and you want me to give you something else. Well, I need men to hear that. Yes. So you're done. Yeah. It's like, it's, it does have nothing to do with my love for you uh-huh. or me being selfish. I am done. Okay. And so what I found is that it's healthy communication uh-huh. between the husband and the wife. And so once we've had communication, I let you know, baby, I can't do anything else. Some things that we've done is you say, you know what? I see that. Um, why don't you just go ahead and sleep tomorrow? You sleep in. I'm taking off the, the first half of the day. Mm-hmm. Sleep until 12. I got the kids. Yeah. I'll take the kids to school. Mm-hmm. I'll do this. Okay. Friday night. Not, I'm not going doing anything. You just sleep all night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. like you begin to step up for me in yeah. those areas because you see there's too much on my plate. That right there mm-hmm. is the key that will unlock everything okay. because she, when she feels mm-hmm. like, he understands me. Right. Okay. He's not someone else that just wants to take something else from me. And you actually want to give to me instead of taking away. Mm-hmm. It changes the game. I think if anybody's been watching us, uh, if they looked at Sex God's Way mm-hmm. or, um, you know, all the stuff we put out on mm-hmm. sex, you they know that yeah. we believe the scripture. The Bible says that we are not to withhold sex from mm-hmm. one another. 
But at the same time, that has to be appropriated in wisdom. There's many times that I want to have sex, but I'll look at you, what you have on your plate or how sleepy you are and we'll pull back. Because once again, this is founded in selflessness, not Mm -hmm. selfishness. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know. I just I want men to hear that. Like it, it almost reminds me of that. That 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 term, you can't squeeze blood out of a turnip. Yeah. And I don't know if you get blood out of a turnip, but I think what that phrase means is that you can't get nothing when there's nothing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So you're trying to get your needs met when she is completely done. Yeah. So now, um, Mr. Husband, you gotta come in and figure out how not to make your wife done. Yeah. And then wife, you have to figure out how to communicate so at the end of the day, you can still serve your husband Mm -hmm. and love your husband. Mm -hmm. And then you guys can meet each other's needs. But I do want to hit this before we move on to the last question. She says that after having two kids, my libido is low. Yeah. Is that a physical thing, an emotional thing? Um, What's that? Yeah, that's a hormonal thing. Okay, and I would say make sure you see your doctor. Make sure you let them know that your libido is low. They can um, they can do tests to balance to, to see what your hormone levels are. I've been to the doctor before and I had low progesterone levels and the doctor gave me progesterone. I had low testosterone levels and the doctor gave me testosterone. Um, and so... I, so I would say doctor. get a good doctor. I don't know. I mean, if we should put our doctor in the in the show notes or yeah. a doctor like our doctor, mm-hmm. maybe put him in the show notes. Mm-hmm. But I'm just thinking that you got to go to someone that's not just going to medicate, medicate. There, there's It's what you eat. Yeah. It's your hormonal balance, the things that you need. I guess what I don't want people to hear is like, I have low libido and my sex drive is gone. There's nothing I can do about yeah. it. When there is something you can do about it, even a man who has low testosterone and is having a problem with erections, there are things that you can do naturally. Mm-hmm. You just got to find the right doctors yeah. and functional be to do medicine, it. functional doctors, um, anti aging uh, um, doctors. Google those things um, in your city. Yeah. Uh huh. All right. Praise God. Well, hey, I think I'm kind of done with this for today. Uh, We got more questions and y'all keep your questions coming in and we're going to keep them coming out. Um, So thank you guys for tuning in to a bonus episode of Doing Life with Ken and Tabitha. If you have questions, please email us. We would love to answer your questions because this is where people are living. And uh, we do our best to hear from God and put out segments and content that's life giving. But it's a whole nother thing when we get questions and we're hitting exactly what people want to hear. And so we appreciate you. You can email us. Also, if you're newer to our show, make sure that you subscribe right now. We want you to be the first to grab the content when it first comes out. We we now um, release a new episode every Thursday at 3 p.m. United States Eastern Standard Time. And we want you to be the first to grab hold of it. And also, it lets us know that our community is building. And that's all we want to do. Yeah. We want to build an online community where we can help you and mentor you for those who want to be mentored, share our life, our good, our our bads, our ups and our downs, where we can grow closer to God and closer to the people that God has placed in our life. If you enjoyed today, please let us know. I know we enjoyed having you. Okay. And so until next time, we'll see you real soon. Thank you for tuning in to Doing Life with Ken and Tabitha. Peace. Peace.